Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Eat it, eat it, give yourself an egg and beat it, have some more chicken, have some more pie, it doesn't matter if it's boiled or fried, just eat it. Just eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Just eat it. Yes. And who's that? Weird Al. Weird Al. His parody from, you know, Beat It, Michael Jackson's. Oh, (laughs) I love that. Well, welcome back, listeners. This is the podcast, Shit Your Shrink Thinks. This is a show where two shrinks tell you what we think about life, mental health facts. We try the exercises we give you. Yes. We introduce new, maybe under the radar information to people. And that is our song related to our topic area today, Bit Tongue in Cheek, Eating Disorders. (laughs) Yeah, just a little Uh, bit. Just a little bit. Tongue in cheek. Bye uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're uh we are just trying to really keep on theme. Sometimes we don't keep on theme. Like yeah. a couple of times ago I just sang Jimmy Buffett for no reason. So it's hard to always find a song that fits. I don't know if I'll find one for continuing forward. The second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This will be a mini series, so we'll be we have a lot of content on eating disorders because there's a lot more to it yes. than maybe the average bearer knows or What's maybe popularized on social media, so it's it's going to be a long and buckle up, buttercups. Yeah. Well, as you guys might remember, we are still learning about each other on this podcast, and we like to have a what's good segment where maybe we share a story or just a general uplifting thing that's made us happy. So, Sunny, what is your what's good? My what's good is that I have booked a trip to the UK, baby. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in the summer, I will be going, and I think this podcast comes out like early summer, late spring. Uh, but in the summer, I will be going to the UK, I'll be flying into Heathrow, and then I will be bopping around. I want to go to, I think, Oxford and the Cotswolds and Bath and wow, all sorts of cool stuff. So I'm about to pretend I'm Agatha Christie writing a little mystery novel, drinking some tea. I am really, really excited. Yay! Uh, I wanna, yeah! Yeah. I want to do English high tea. I want to wear a fancy little hat. I, <laughs> I just want to do it all, man. <laughs> I'm really, really, really excited. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do like some of the touristy stuff in London, but then I think we're gonna we try to go off the beaten trail whenever we travel in the country. We just kind of wing it, yeah, and uh, do something that's not always it. touristy, like go to some of the off offshoot yes. things. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Although Stonehenge does seem pretty cool. I want to find some witch stuff and some King Arthur stuff and fairy stuff and do uh, that stuff. I Whatever like it is. I like that. Yeah. I would. Yeah. It'd yeah. be pretty hard not to go see Stonehenge. I mean, I'm sure that it is like with all the people that mill around. Oh, it's probably not yeah. near as. Especially in the summer. It's probably just like a shit show. <laughs> right. Right. But I feel like I'd yeah. still be something that I would, you know, do. Yeah. 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 So. 
I'm pretty excited about it. I think actually, surprisingly, my favorite part about these sorts of trips, any kind of international trips, is actually the renting a car part and driving around. Because you're driving on the other side of the road? Or no, you know, really, it's because when you drive through you know, like European countries, for example, the countryside is awesome. Fair. It's so cool. Sure. It's very different than America. Like things seem like they're a bit more spread out in America. Like there's always something you can find everywhere. But when you're rural, you are rural out there and it is just beautiful. It's really stunning. Like there's lakes and rivers and it's just it's really something else. It's my favorite part is to just drive around the countryside and just kind of check things out and stop at things that you might not have researched and you sure. just kind of see on the side of the road. Yeah. That's that's my favorite part. Oh, that's mile. cool. Yeah. Create yeah. your own adventure. <laughs> absolutely. 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 So what's good with you this week? My what's good is a story that Ooh. maybe isn't as funny as I think it is, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> okay i cannot wait okay well i think you know that my husband and i call our daughter bean bean yes so when when i realized that's funny i called her yeah i know how's the little bean this morning and i I don't even think i did know that really and i just called her bean because you said that yeah, um, well, I just, her name is just Bean, I guess. Yeah, we call her Bean. When I was pregnant, like when we first realized it, she was, you know, about the size of a bean and it just stuck. So from then yeah. on, we were just like, how's the bean? What's going on with the bean? Blah, blah, blah. Yes. And even, you know, with her, since her birth, we still call her different variants <laughs> of bean. You know, bean sprout, bean sprocket, whatever. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were at the in-laws shortly after, out of the hospital and hanging out at the house, and Grandpa was holding baby, and my husband says, hey, what's the bean report? The bean report. And my- <laughs> Report. My, the grandpa there, he just started telling us what the what the cost of bushels per bean was. <laughs> It's like, well, you know, the <laughs> bushel cost is up, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then we had to clarify, no, no, we meant like, how how's baby doing? <laughs> is she asleep? What's happening over there? <laughs> That's the most <laughs> farmer rule ass stuff I've ever heard. <laughs> well, in fact, here is the price. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that is amazing. It was, it was pretty That's funny. That's amazing. <laughs> Before the show, I was telling Michaela that my uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law were in town for a show, and she was like, like, what kind of show? And I said, I don't know, like a concert or something? She's And she was like, oh, oh. She was like, for some reason, I was thinking a horse show. I know. I was thinking like cattle <laughs> or horse. Oh, my gosh. You've only been rural for a couple months. It's full blown. <laughs> uh, I snatched your back boots into and hat. it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, they're up you here in the right. closet somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, they are, they are in fact right next to me. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you're going to be dressed like John Wayne next time I see you. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I love that. Good for you, though, leaning into it and like having fun with that. I'm, I'm excited for you. Yeah, it was, it's fun. I like, I like being rural. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what did you try for your outside of podcast experimentation? Mine was to kind of have a closer look at my clients and kind of do some differential diagnosis for ADHD. And yeah. I just, it didn't quite happen. I just didn't really find the yeah. time. I I was kind of grinding and winding and I just didn't take the time to really give it a, a good look-see. So I kind of failed. Yeah, it's, that's all right. Yeah. 
That's that's the rapport. Yeah, I, I too failed. I was supposed to be more patient with all of the close people that have ADHD in my life. I might have gone in the opposite direction, frankly. <laughs> I'm less patient. I don't know what my problem is. I'm the grumpiest little bear that there ever has been lately. And I just, I think it's, I'm like doing too many hustles. Yeah, I think I, you got too a, much juggling. Yeah, it's yeah. a chronic problem going on. I need to go to <laughs> Hustlers Anonymous. <laughs> I've <laughs> I have a I have a problem. And I think every time I actually am getting closer to less, it is still the journey is still linear and consecutive towards improvement, but I just am not there yet. Yeah. Still daunting, even when you can see the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I tried. I was less patient. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'd say I did my best, but I really didn't. <laughs> oh. Well, it is what it is. Move forward. So what are we talking about this week? This week, or rather most likely the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about, it's called feeding and eating disorders. So Ooh. we plan to specifically go a little more in depth towards anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa, but we are going to kind of go through all the eating disorders and kind of note what they what they are and what criteria is for them. Can I do pica? Because I have a funny story about pica. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about this first eating disorder, Sunny. Okay. So there are, as you said, there it is feeding and eating disorders. And I always forget about the feeding portion because there's a lot. There's a lot to it. And remember, these disorders have to. All of them have to cause some sort of disturbance yes. in your life, your health, your relationships, your work, whatever. So if you're just doing this stuff and it's not really like having Causing any side issues. effects, yeah. well, you don't got a disorder then to have a ball, I guess. <laughs> so let's start with pica. So pica is a persistent eating of non-nutritive, non-food substances over a period of at least one month. These non-food substances are not appropriate for developmental levels. So that means like, you know how little babies Yeah, and they little might kids chew just, on some stuff or eat some yeah. things that they shouldn't. Yeah, right. Yeah, they just put the remote control in their mouth. And they're like, yep, this is where this goes. That's not, <laughs> that's right. not pica. They're, they're just exploring with their mouth parts the world. Yes. But when you start to explore with your mouth parts the world at an older age, that's called a disorder. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to maybe not put marbles in your mouth or whatever. Oh, God. Um, so non-nutritive substances, what they mean by that is stuff like dirt, plastic, fuzzies, just like uh, laundry detergent, anything right. that is non-nutritive, that is not edible. Right. It is not meant to be a food. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the eating behavior is not part of a culturally supported practice. So... I, I, I tell tell us a little bit about the show My Strange Addiction. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking of with this. Is I've seen different episodes of that where there was once somebody who was eating like a couch cushion or people who were eating like cigarette ash, and they yeah. just are like just down at it, and it really yeah. does. It ends up causing some kind of stomach issue or like they're ha- they're starting to have issues where they have to go to the doctor because of the stuff that they're eating, but they just can't stop eating it. Yeah, like intestinal blockages yeah. or like, uh, like oh my gosh, uh, esophageal lining tears and stuff right. like that. That's that can be caused, and that's when you have a disorder. Now, there there are certain cultural practices where you can eat non nutritive foods, and that's not if it's sanctioned by the culture, then that's not considered weird. Right. So like, 
<laughs> technically you can eat like in Catholicism, like the body and blood of Christ. I mean, that bread, those crackers are awful. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I don't know if you would call those non-nutritive foods. Um, but for example, let's say let's say the crackers were, you know, I don't know, dirt. And then it was like part of like a religious practice to put like a hair of dirt on your mouth. Right. And then drink the wine like that would not be considered weird. Right. And, and I feel like with most of like those, dirt, so. you're not. Yeah. It's like a during a ritual. Like it's not like even for cultural practices, I don't think very often is it. Yes. You know, something that you're doing all the time. It's during a certain moon phase you know <laughs> yes yes yeah yes yeah absolutely moon phase exactly yeah, yeah. or like <laughs> i mean like dr- well yeah this is kind of dark but like certain like ancient traditions like you drink blood blood like air of blood yeah. yeah but i guess it is nutritive like you that's that has calories that can sustain you i mean i don't i don't know how long that could sustain you Ugh. think you want it to <laughs> no <laughs> Moving on to things, (laughs) to to additional information about PICA. So if the eating disorder occurs in the context of another mental health or medical health condition, then it's not that necessarily. So intellectual or developmental disorders, that may be the case that somebody eats non-nutritive food, but it wouldn't be necessarily PICA. It would be caused by something else. Or if you were eating something because you were having an episode of psychosis related to schizophrenia or even dementia or delirium, uh, altered state, essentially, then that really wouldn't be pica in and of itself. Right. Um, And pregnancy is also included as a medical condition where this could occur. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But it makes sense. I mean, sometimes you get some weird cravings. Let me tell you, actually, (laughs) in fact, about the cravings. So, okay. I had, I definitely had cravings for non-nutritive food. I chose not to eat it. Uh, but I, it was like a clear craving. So at one point I smelled like a fire outside, um, like a campfire. And I wanted nothing more than to eat the components of the fire. You know, that sounds really weird. But like Like the, the like the, the wood and the ash. Yeah. I cannot describe to you how tasty it smelled and sounded to put in my body. Like if I did not know better that what this was, I was I really wanted to eat it. And then at one point in time, soap, like soap, any kind of soap, any like the, the hard soap, soap or like the the squishy liquid all soap. soaps, all soaps. probably okay. pr- probably preference for squishy liquid soaps. But okay. soap was really just sounding delicious. I mean, I would just sit wow. there and smell for like a couple minutes just to just to get the just to get the aromas in there. You're like, don't I heard. eat it. Don't yeah. eat it. <laughs> I was just tempting myself. No, I, I did not eat it. But I, I had heard that, and I don't know if this is true, but there was some theory that uh, if you have those cravings, you might have, have like an iron deficiency, mm. uh, which I don't, again, I have no idea if that's actually accurate, but that is something I thought of. And then fun fact, a, uh, oh my goodness, a close relative of mine growing up, I will say, used to like pick and eat the fuzzies off of their stuffed animal when they were young and i think it became outside of developmental appropriateness like it was it was borderline it was borderline now it stopped it stopped but i remember thinking oh man 
you should not eat you these should probably not eat these fuzzies stuffed animals uh that's definitely going to plug up your butt a little bit I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so i think people who eat those kinds of things i feel like i've heard them say like it reminds them of, like a cotton candy or something yeah no so absolutely fluffy and, but yeah bah. ah have you have you ever had any clients with pica before i have not not at least not that they've disclosed yeah i uh, I think I've had people on uh, residential treatment units, like inpatient mm, with psychosis, yeah. but but not with specific pipa, pica. Just right, more just of a like side tangent as- of their other diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that is pica for you folks. That's just kind of we thought it, we'd do a little flyby on the on the feeding disorder. So what's the next one? The next one is rumination disorder. I have no idea what this is. And when you put this in here, I was like, I'm so, what? <laughs> I did not. I have, I don't know if I was not trained on this or what. I don't think it's something that I mean, I feel like it has to be very rare because I don't think it's something we're told about. But it's in the DSM. So it's a thing. Um, I wonder if it's like I wonder if because we don't work with kids, maybe it's like more common in like uh, that could adolescents be. or children or something like that. I'm not sure. That could be. But so it is repeated regurgitation of food over a period of at least one month. So you regurgitate the food. It may be rechewed, re-swallowed, or just spit out. And I can't. Yeah. So the repeated regurgitation <sighs> is not attributed to a gastrointestinal or other medical condition, right? We're not just having GERD. Yeah. Um, GERD sucks, by the way, but we're not having that. Yeah, yes. that's not what this is. And the eating disorder does not occur exclusively during the course of like anorexia nervosa, bulimia, you know, binging disorder. It's not, you know, or avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. It's not related to that. We're not we're not vomiting because of those disorders. This is just regurgitation. Okay. It's not like a fear of gaining weight. It's like no just this is okay. just this is just what we do. <laughs> huh. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I I guess I mean I could see other yeah, I could see this coming up. I could definitely see this coming up. And I, I guess I could see it coming up, like I said, in younger populations. And no shade, if this is something you had, listen, I wanted to eat detergent. So we're all <laughs> we're all just <laughs> we're gonna get through this together. <laughs> I'm not trying to shade anybody. I no. did have a moment where I was like, ooh, I don't know about that, but listen, just go back to me wanting to eat a fire pit and you'll right. feel better. Exactly. We've all got our stuff. Yeah. What's the next one? So we've got an avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. So it's an eating disturbance where somebody has a complete lack of interest in eating or food. So you just avoid it based on the sensory characteristics of foods, like you are concerned about aversive consequences of eating, not necessarily weight gain, but like specific to the eating. So it's manifested by a persistent failure to meet appropriate nutritional and or energy needs associated with one or more of the following. So you might have some significant weight loss or you might have trouble gaining weight or like like not growing as fast as you should. You might have a nutritional deficiency. Uh, You might have need oral or nutritional supplements. So you might depend on these things in order to grow and to get adequate nutrition. And it does interfere with your psychological or psychosocial functioning. Mm -hmm. So it's not better explained by a lack of food or an associated uh, cultural practice, like fasting, for example, is a cultural practice. It's not that. And it doesn't occur exclusively during the course of anorexia or bulimia. 
so there's no evidence of the disturbance in the way in which one's body weight or shape is experienced. So it's not like you're doing it because you don't feel good about your body necessarily. Right. You're just and, not hungry and you're just not interested. You have no appetite. You just... Yep. Just total avoidance. Just, I do not want, I do not want this thing. Maybe, yep. the f- maybe food feels slimy to you or chewing is unpleasant or right. like it's, it, or like, like you don't like how things crunch or how your teeth feel on food, things like that. Yeah. And so the eating disturbance is not attributable to medical conditions or another mental health disorder or a substance use disorder. And, you know, I was thinking about this one. I've thought a lot about like autism spectrum stuff. Mm-hmm. So I do know that, or I have seen it be the case, that folks with autism spectrum have, like, food aversions. Sensory, yeah. Yeah. But uh, my experience with that, and I wonder if the difference is, my experience with the, like, a sensory aversion is it's, like, specific types of foods. Yes. Like, like quote-unquote, loud foods. Like, if they're really crunchy and loud, then we don't touch those. Or, like, overly squishy foods or whatever. But there are safe foods yeah. that are okay a good friend of mine calls them tan foods because she has some like food aversions. <laughs> she says, "Oh, I like tan foods," and so she means like you know, chicky nuggies, mac and cheese, yeah, like, kind of your basic French fries, that sort of thing. Well, and I've heard with some of those too. Basically, every time you have a uh, mac and cheese or you have like a cheese it, like every time you eat one of those, it's the same flavor, the same texture. Whereas, like, if you eat, like, a grape or a blueberry or, you know, they may look the same, but when you bite in, the flavor, the texture, all those things can be different, which then is, like, a little jarring, (laughs) jarring, which is sometimes, I think, why, you know, autism spectrum isn't always great about eating their fruits and veggies because every every single one, they could be the same fruit and veggie, but they're not all the same flavors and textures, even if it's the same thing. Holy shit. I never even thought of that. Yeah, I'm really. I, that's really interesting that you said that. That makes a lot of sense. I've never even. Uh, the more you know. Yeah, but this is the avoidant restrictive food intake disorder is like it's, it's not more global. That. Yeah, it's more yeah. global. Like they just no interest in in any of it. It's not specific things. They're not okay foods. It's just like none of it. I'm not. I'm basically just not having hardly any of it. Yeah. And have you seen this one before? I have not. But again, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's more of an adolescent or... This one lo- would look like a child thing to me. I think so. Especially reason. since it talks about growth, developmental growth. In children. Um, in children. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. I could absolutely see that. I, these are like things that you always see disorders in the DSM where you're like, is that just trauma? You know? Yeah. Like, what right. Are, what are the, like, yeah. what are the odds that that's not just trauma? You know? Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. This just looks to me like a trauma-related response. But what do I know? I, I suppose there I, – I really, I bet there probably is, you know, they put it in probably because there are those, like, rare people that it does but, just happen maybe, outside of that context. And maybe it is a trauma response, but it's, like, a specified – you know what I mean? Like, this is all they yeah. can identify at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. they have to kind of identify that there's something going on here. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's re- – <laughs> Uh, leave it to the DSM. There is something going on. I don't know what. <laughs> Not sure what it is. We're going to just yeah. say unspecified, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something absolutely. fishy. Some, yeah, something <laughs> is fishy. Yeah, but I haven't really seen the other ones besides Pika. What's What's the next one we got here? The next one is binge eating disorder. So uh-huh. this is recurrent episodes of binge eating, which will kind mm-hmm. of define that when we get into bulimia. And. Those binge eating episodes are associated with three or more of the following. So you're eating much more rapidly than normal. 
You're eating until feeling uncomfortably full. You're mm-hmm. eating large amount of foods when not physically hungry. You're eating mm-hmm. alone because you're feeling embarrassed of how much you're eating. You might mm-hmm. feel disgusted with yourself, depressed, or even guilty afterwards. There's actually marked distress regarding your binge eating. And the binge eating occurs on average at least once a week for three months. Today I learned I have binge eating disorder. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, my nighttime snacking is not what I thought that was. Oh, uh, no. This is, like, really easy to meet criteria for, Michaela. Yeah. But like, I think really. I, but to me, I, again, I go back to the marked distress. I feel like yeah. that's a key yeah. component. I feel great and about I, it. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's causing you distress and guilt and shame, then that's where this really highlights, like where I, you know, again, is it is it impacting your functioning? Is it impacting, like, are you going to go hide somewhere and just down a whole box of cereal by yourself? Like, you know, or just eat a whole tub of butter? Um, oh, butter, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. a lot of times, too, they're they're not necessarily like amazing meals they're just eating whatever's in there whatever there is and eating it all yeah this this to me looks really similar to addiction yeah Uh, like it it just mirrors addiction a lot it's like i mean you don't see it's like drinking alone binge drinking it's a similar when you kind of have a substance use issue it's like you feel ashamed of it other people are like "Uh, uh uh-oh We've got a problem. It's no longer like enjoyable. It's not in a social context or function. Right. Yeah. It. I can definitely see this. Right. And it's not, again, we're not eating extra because freaking Thanksgiving. It's also, you know, not, we're not using those inappropriate compensation behaviors, you know, where we're like throwing up. This is just, I'm just eating. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm uncomfortable and I hate it. Yes. Essentially. Right. Yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Have you seen, do you see a lot of binge eating disorder or have I, you? I have actually, there's actually someone I'm working with currently. Oh um, yeah. 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 That's, that meets criteria for this, but I've only yeah. seen it bef- other than that, like maybe one or two times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I see this one a lot, a lot, a lot. I feel uh, I don't know. Maybe this is one of my conspiracy theories. I, I can't tell the line anymore between what is a conspiracy theory and what is just reality. Because uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all reality. Because it's all true. We never uh, landed on the moon or something. Um, <laughs> no, I don't actually believe that. Don't Do not DM me. Um, I, <laughs> I do believe we landed on the moon. Uh, so, <laughs> so I wonder a little bit if this is also too related to an American diet. So I've been reading some research on like the types of things we put in our food here. I've referenced this a couple of times, like the types yeah. of things we put in our food here and that the chemicals that are allowed here are not allowed, for example, in the European Union or in other European countries. Yeah. Uh, they, they're not considered safe. And a lot of what I'm seeing in the research is that the like kind of the preservatives that we would use or the fillers that we would use, like sugar, preservatives, et cetera, cause people to be more likely to not feel satiated by their food. And like processed foods cause yeah. people to not yep. feel You're not full. Satiated. You're still hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do wonder at what level like some of this is begins or is triggered or is worsened. Like, I don't know if it like exists solely because of these things, but I right. don't. Yeah, no. But I'm sure it's th- a factor. Yeah. 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 I think that it's probably sense. worsened. 
You know, because, like, if you only had access to, like, I don't know, pears that were, like, grown on the tree outside, I don't know how how much, like, the, oh, let's see, the neural dopaminergic pathways would light up for pears. You know, like, when you see binge eating disorder, it's, people aren't usually binge eating, like, carrot sticks. I'll no. just say that much. Right. Um, and so I just wonder at, like, what point it's, like, are you getting an addiction related hit kind of like yeah a, a chem- i think that's chemical how, I mean, surge i feel like yeah. it is that's kind of how i feel like people have described it and then yeah. after they're done and they look at what they've eaten and how much yeah. and how quickly and then they yeah. start to feel the shame and it's yeah so, some of them almost even describe it as like almost i mean not a blackout but where they're just oh yeah you know definitely there and it's gone and whoa <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I think probably there's a way to like that kind of chemical hit and the taste of the food and then it all being like kind of a similar type of food i'm sure it allows you to kind of like dissociate a little bit right um you can feel a little bit like comfortably numb as we were talking about at the beginning of this episode (laughs) how do you feel man oh just numb (laughs) yeah like maybe it maybe it helps with that it's like if you're feeling dysregulated it can kind of help you like dissociate and like numb out so right yeah which is like common for eating disorder related issues yeah, very, very. Yeah, this one's like way more common than I think people realize. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think, again, I, I've i I've seen it in some clients, but I think there are some clients who potentially had it, but I wasn't necessarily looking for it. I don't know. Or their level of distress wasn't as heightened. Yeah. 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 I think, too, like you're going to see if there's if there are people who are totally fine with like any sort of like weight gain or any sort of like consequence with it it won't be it's it's when people don't feel like there's a consequence associated with it um or there isn't like for whatever reason their genetics is like they don't have a heart attack they don't have high cholesterol they don't have whatever associated with the binge eating then you know i i think nobody is going to come in in that case. And I think in our culture, binge eating is kind of normalized as well. Yeah. I don't know if that's true across other cultures, but yeah, it's very interesting. I think this is really common in America, like I, more common. But I feel like if you're, when you're getting treatment, most likely I'm going to guesstimate the co-occurrence of like depression or anxiety, you know, oh, there's probably yeah. like normal trauma. I, yeah. There's something else going on probably other than just this. Just, yeah. just saying. It's trauma bottom to top. Let me yeah. reveal the, <laughs> let me reveal the end of the trauma. story. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, although, you know what? It sucks because I used to be able to say stuff like that, like it's trauma bottom and drop top. And now people are saying like on Instagram that their teacher being mean to him one time was a trauma. So I don't even know what to do anymore with with the, with <laughs> well, the cultural. True. I mean, yeah, you could define all sorts of stuff as trauma. Sure. Yeah. 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 I don't know what to I don't want to be the one. There's a <laughs> there's a line in Lord of the Rings where. Uh, Gandalf is like, are you so willing to de- deal out life and judgment? Do you want to be the one who determines basically like what what is right what and classifies. wrong? Classifies, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, nah, I'm not. I'm good. I don't want to be the person who makes that <laughs> choice. Not yeah. me. Ever referencing Gandalf. Uh, so we have a couple more, and I think probably it's a good idea. We'll just kind of like give you a like a heads up on what the other ones are and then other specified eating disorders. And we'll save kind of like the big dogs for next time, but we're yeah. kind of, we're wetting your whistle. No, no pun intended. <laughs> Ooh, or was it? <laughs> yeah. Always pun intended. Forever pun intended. But with us, it normally is. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So one of the next ones we have is the tried and true old favorite that we know about anorexia nervosa. Um, and that one is, 
very, very serious, in fact. Like, there are a yes. lot of uh, possible medical side effects that come along with yes. this. Um, we will try to make a lot of these as light as possible, but just understand that we very much understand the severity of some of these. Um, right. And it, the thing about eating related issues is it, because it is such a basic need, it can turn really ugly really quickly. Right. Uh, and so, you know, we, we of course want to bring it up. There is bulimia nervosa, which also can have associated physical consequences. Right. There's unspecified feeding or eating disorder, which is the DSM's garbage can criteria where we're like, I don't. Yeah, there there's something going on here, but they don't fully meet criteria. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Something buckwild is happening, but I could not tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> and then other specified feeding feeding or eating disorder. So can you maybe just tell us some of the other specified ones? Yeah. So there is atypical anorexia nervosa, where mm-hmm. all the criteria for anorexia nervosa are met except for the significant weight loss, like the individual's weight is still within or above that normal uh, body mass index range. So they're doing all the behaviors, they're having all the, you know, they're meeting 100% criteria, but technically their body weight is still okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder if it's like this would be early on or this would be if there's a pituitary gland issue or a thyroid issue or whatever. Yeah. That would be... Something medical that, like, causes them not to lose weight even though they're not eating. Well, and I, I, I'm also going to say, depending on the compensating behaviors, so mm. little disclosure, I had some eating disorder struggles back mm-hmm. for a few years, mm-hmm. and I would feel like I probably met this criteria because I had enough uh, muscle mass. Technically, when I was, like, eating healthy, I was, con- like, BMI-wise, I was overweight. Uh, Michaela had a dump truck butt. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so during this, I was still exercising very vigorously and still had plenty of muscle mass and muscle weighs more than fat. So I, my BMI would have been in a healthy range. Yeah, very interesting. I had no, I mean, like, I know about your history. I'm not going to blow up anybody's spot, though, up on here. I'll be like, what? No way! (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I I think that one is super, super interesting. Yeah, because, like, yeah, if you're exercising or hiking a lot, uh, there is just kind of like some, your your muscles are going to compensate. You're going to like look really fit. Right. Uh, and really healthy, et cetera. Yes. I, I wonder a lot. I know I have some friends out in Denver who listen to the podcast. So shout out guys, what's happening. But I wonder a lot about this sort of stuff in like really fitness-based communities. Yeah, you're just not eating and you're hiking a lot all day and you mm-hmm. just look really, really fit. It's maybe like you have like serious preoccupation with food and it's causing like mood disturbance, yep. social disturbance and all sort of other stuff. But yeah. you look really healthy. Right. And it's sanctioned by the culture. Yeah. No, yeah. totally. This is. I was like falling asleep all the time. I, I yeah. At the time I was like, God, why am I so tired? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you fall asleep in class and behind the wheel because you're not fucking eating. <laughs> Oh, my God. You know what? I have to now that you said behind the wheel, I have to tell the story. Did I ever tell the story to you of when uh, me and a good friend of mine were driving to the car uh, from I was driving from high school and she was in the passenger seat and we were rounding a curve on like this country road Uh and we saw the car in front of us go off the road and like, like flip. Oh, shit. Did I tell you about this? No. Yeah. So we I'm just, you know, my brain, I'm like. 
I'm going to save the day. So I just like skirt, pull over and I like run over there. The car, yeah. And I like yoink the door open, which I don't even know how the door, because it landed right side up. So I don't know how the door was like okay to open. But we looked inside and the person inside was like passed out. And I thought, well, maybe they had hit their head hit or their something head. like yeah. that. Yeah. And then I noticed as I was like looking at her, I mean, she's our age. She was from our high school. Um, I did not, I'm not going to blow up any spot. I don't even think anybody like knows that this is why this happened. But yeah, I looked at her and her, um, like, you can always tell from someone's arms. For me, it's the arms, like if somebody really isn't eating very well. So I like grabbed her wrist to kind of like wake her up and I could feel it was like so light, like she felt fragile. Like feather boned. Yeah. yeah, like feather boned. Exactly. She yeah. felt really fragile. And I like immediately started to get really worried. And then finally she like wakes up and I realized she had not hit her head. She was totally fine. She um she had passed out because and she the, hadn't been eating. The accident didn't wake her up. Holy shit. Yeah, she had passed out because she wasn't eating. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it wasn't like I know this is going to sound like minimizing, but it wasn't like the car, you know, launched into the air and flipped a whole bunch of times. It was like it kind of like. It like went into the ditch and like kind of was like weep, like flipped over really slowly. Okay. So it's like a, a yeah. gentle roll, a gentle <laughs> roll. <laughs> I mean, I still, think you would still wake up, but yeah, yeah. the rumble yeah. bars always yeah. help me wake up. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It's getting dark. It's getting dark. Yeah, we uh, when we when we said like don't. Listen, we're Wait, not we judging don't judge. you. No, <laughs> we are not judging you. We are never judging you. You you nope. have no idea. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea. Anyway, so yeah, no, I and she woke up, and the reason we had we had found out is because we later learned that she was in one of those. God, what did those groups used to be called? Like Anna, like a pro, like they called it those pro Anna groups. Mm, I don't uh, know what that is. Yeah, have you heard of this? Oh, okay. Uh-uh. I'll talk. I'll talk about it more next time. But she was in one of these like social groups that was like about it, like had a lot of like thin inspiration. Um, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. And she had like made some comment about like, oh, I must have forgotten to eat. And it was my friend. Interestingly enough, my dumbass was like, oh, you're like really silly. You should eat some more. Like I'm so stupid at that time. I was just like really concerned that she had hit her head. But my friend was like, oh, I think. I think I know what's going on here and then kind of like confirmed it with her later after the mm, fact. Um, yeah. So, yeah, really, really interesting. But that's that is regular old anorexia. That's not atypical anorexia because right. she was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what are the other ones? Uh, so another one is bulimia nervosa with low frequency and or limited duration. Yeah. So, again, all criteria for bulimia are met except for the binge eating and inappropriate compensating behaviors occur on average less than once a week or for less than three months. So, yeah. again, all the behaviors are there. It's just not within the time frame criteria. Absolutely. And purging disorder, which is um, you have the recurrent purging behavior related to your weight or shape. So you might vomit, you might misuse laxative, you might misuse diuretics or other medications, but you don't necessarily binge eat. So you purge without the binging portion of it. And so that yeah. would just be called purging disorder. Um and then finally, it's a dog, I thought that I had when it, when I like read this one, I was like, what is going on with my body? Like, do I have an eating thing? Like, so the last one is called night eating syndrome. Um, tell us about, this is like me, like I avoid things oh like this. Cause I'm like, I really wonder 
I don't I don't even want to know. <laughs> so night eating syndrome. That is recurrent episodes of night eating as manifested by eating after awaking from sleep or by excess food consumption after an evening meal. So there's awareness and recall of the eating. The night eating is not better explained by external influences such as changes in your sleep wake cycle or by social norms. And it's causing some significant distress or impairment in your functioning. And um, the disordered pattern in eating is not better explained by, you know, binge eating disorder. Like, you know, that's the only time they can hide and eat or any other mental health dis- disorder or medical condition, substance abuse. I, I did not know this was a thing. And I swear to you, I did this. Now, I don't know that it like, distru- well, it wasn't great. Like there was a period of time. I. This is related to all my, like, weird sleep stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we're a me- Apparently, we're just disclosing everything today. <laughs> uh, but, like, airing out I- the laundry. Yeah, we're just like, nah, I'm too tired. I don't give a shit. So, yeah, but I, re- like, part of my weird uh, sleep disturbance stuff was sometimes I would, like I said, I would wake up in the middle of the night. I would be sleepwalking. And I would wake up eating stuff. And then it was like, I would just be like, keep going. Like, I was just like, like right, I'm well, already eating I'm this now. stuff. Yeah. Like, and I was awake and I recalled it, but it was almost like being in like a, like a, like trance. a trance. Yeah. yeah. Like I knew it was happening, but I like, wasn't there. Like yeah. while I was doing it, I'm telling you, doc. So I think, and it did, it was distressing. Cause I was like, Dude, what I get? You get all this like heartburn and like you oh sure feel good in the morning because yeah. you get like rot gut. You just feel awful. So yeah, I know, Michaela. <laughs> we will have you whatever eating disorder you have. One of us will have one. Of the, <laughs> we, we might have dabbled. <laughs> yeah, we've got a we've got a we've got something related. So yeah, but I thought it was really funny um, because I was looking as I was looking at these other specified feeding or eating disorders, the ones that weren't full criteria. Yeah, I was just like. I, every single chick in high school that I knew filtered through, like, they might not have met criteria, right. but they would just bop through each yes. one of these. Just kind of like, ooh, do we do, want to do purging today? Do we want to do night eating today? Do we want to do binge? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it would just kind of, like, bop through each of the different ones because of, like, our generation having such problem, like, understanding how to eat healthfully and then yep. the lack of good whole foods and non-processed right. foods available. And, like, you just combine it and... Ooh, social influences. Lit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, this is a this is a gnarly one. So this is us kind of giving you a heads up. Now next time we're gonna talk more fully about anorexia and bulimia. Um, kind of tackle some of the big dogs. But yeah, for now you just got some hot tea <laughs> <laughs> and like the other unspecifieds. We like to fun fact: therapists like to hover in other unspecified regions. <laughs> yes. Well, it's. I feel like it's again. It's more common. I think meeting full criteria is a yeah. little. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little absolutely. More difficult to meet full criteria whereas it doesn't mean that it's still not distressing and that we're not having something that we need to treat yeah uh yeah no i it's it's so interesting yeah so based on this what do we kind of want to try for the outside of podcast experimenting i already definitely i already have started one so i can just tell me tell me yeah i uh i have got to stop the nighttime eating Like, (laughs) (laughs) like i've got to stop it's it's now i let me be clear i love I love to snack. I love to snack. I love nothing more than snacking. And and nighttime snackies are my favorite snackies. It's not that. It's that it bugs my sleep and it like bugs how I uh, 
it, like my if I get I'll get like acid reflux or yeah, just weird digestive stuff. And, yeah. yeah, if you eat too late at night, and so yeah, I need to stop after I eat dinner. I gotta just eat dinner and just call it a day. But I, boy, me and the nighttime sackies are just friends. Um, it's just like literally, it just bothers my sleep and it bothers my tum tum. So. I gotta cut it out and maybe just have like a little tiny boy before bed and not like I'll be like mm, maybe some yogurt mm, maybe some ice cream like I will eat every dairy product known to man like I'll filter through them top it off with some chips um yum yum but I can't I can't be yeah. doing this anymore do you My snack tummy. a lot during the day early too or do you think like, no because sometimes I feel like people like they hold off and then they've held off all day and then that's why they end up like just like going to town right before like, bedtime. I'm gonna snap. I'm gonna snack. I'm gonna say it doesn't really matter. Like it, okay. it doesn't matter if I snack in the day. <laughs> You'll still snack, snack at night. Okay. <laughs> if I snack in the day, I'm gonna snack at night. If I don't snack, I'm gonna snack at night. I just love nighttime snacking. It's just like a pure joy of mine, but my but tum, also tum, a tum. hate. <laughs> yeah, my, my tummy does not thank love me. Love hate so. relationship. Yeah, so I got to cut out the nighttime snacking. It's not even like that big of a deal, but I just yeah, I need it. I don't I don't want to be taking Prilosec. That's what that's all I got to say about that. Fair. I think I am going to go to a little self love on my body. So I don't like to wear jeans a lot. I prefer sweatpants because they're so <laughs> effing comfy. Me about it. But yeah. the other day I tried to put on my jeans and keyword is tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So You're I like, was oh. like pretty upset. <laughs> oh, I'm dude, I really uh, post postpartum shit is like Yeah. I really understand. It's really yeah. hard. So yeah. but I again, yeah, I mean, still, you know, I mean a baby was a while ago, but still it takes a while and I mean I haven't been super focused on health and yeah. exercise and yeah. So I, I can't guarantee that I'm going to do that, although I'd love to. Uh, I'll, I'm going to just try to be a little bit nicer to the way I'm talking to myself again, practice some of those skills. Maybe when you, when you are thinking out loud or in your head something negative, you could sing to yourself the thong song when you were <laughs> like, she got dumps like a truck, 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 truck. <laughs> Baby like, move what? 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 Baby move your butt, butt, butt. It's so affirming, really. <laughs> I know, though. I really do. I honestly get that. All and so about it's that just... base. About that base. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe you <laughs> body positivity playlist for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So, so, so being a little bit like kinder to yourself. Yeah. How does that look? I mean, I just gave examples of what I would do. I just put on Lizzo or like I don't know sing myself the thong song but what what would you do i mean i think those are really good good things and reminding Mm -hmm. myself that the hubby likes the thickness and that um also just being like it's okay like i think part of me is just saying like that's okay that you don't fit in your jeans right now like don't don't catastrophize don't like blow this out of proportion let's just take a deep breath and you know it you still look at all right like it's okay. Also, <laughs> they make other jeans. This Whatever. is true. Oh, I hate je- jean shopping is the worst. And like with my sensory shit, like putting on, I yeah. actually get highs if I change clothes too frequently. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So or maybe just like it's just like no pants is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and this is why I wear dresses. dresses like, yeah, more. Often. I don't even. Yeah, well, that's why I I'm wear just, sweats, man. It's like, oh yeah, we're good. I would wear a kilt 24-7 if allowed access to do something like that. Like, I don't want anything to ever touch my belly ever again. So 
I get it. I really get it. There's there's lots of paths to roam for body positivity. Part of it's like maybe something doesn't touch your be- belly. Part yep. of it is maybe you play yourself li- Lizzo. Maybe you say, I'm just a thick chick. Am I a thick chick? Yes. Yes, you are. And that's okay. Yeah. Like these yeah. are these are all options. I'm just interested to see what you try and how it goes. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this is a hard one. This is a hard one. Well, we will uh, we will I check in joke, next week though. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear a joke. Hit me okay. with that. What's the best foods to eat when you're so hungry you could eat a house? I don't know. Cottage cheese and walnuts. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I hate that so much. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll take it. That's fine. Okay, let me see if I can get you on here. Okay, ready? Yeah. Why are butchers so hilarious? Something about ham. Yeah, they really know how to ham it up. (laughs) Ah, Yeah. I had to pick a food one. I had to pick a food one. Well, folks, uh, if you are enjoying what we are doing, please like, subscribe, rate, and review us, share us with a friend, um, or even consider uh, putting a donation in our tip jar at patreon.com. And we thank you so much for your life minutes this week, and we're looking forward to doing the second part of this conversation. Yeah. See you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.